Hello, friends, and welcome to the Otherwise Podcast. This is a place for gathering wise conversations about how to live well along the journey with Jesus. My name is Casey. I'm your host. Um, man, it is November, Chicago land right now. It is pouring the rain, pushing into fall. Uh, I love this time of year, even though all my neighbors' leaves are now in my yard. Um, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's that whole love your neighbor thing. I guess it does mean uh, rake up his leaves and, and do all those things. So um, I'm excited about uh, the last few episodes have been have been really good, and I've gotten some good feedback from some of you uh, about conversations with John Ortberg, uh, which was uh, really great to be able to talk with John. So if you missed the last episode, I would go back and uh, listen to that. Um, today, it's just me, and I wanted to talk about uh, a trip I recently took. Before I get to that, here's what something you need to know, a little program note or housekeeping. Um this is the first season of the podcast, and I started this back in, oh gosh, it's been some time now. It was supposed to be January. I think it ended up being February, something like that. Um, about 20-some episodes in now, and uh, I'm actually going to take a bit of a break. Um, starting the last episode is going to air on December the 3rd. Uh, air, download, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be out there on December 3rd. Uh, so we've got a few more between now and then, but we're going to take a break until the first of the year. And so come back in mid-January. We're going to have some new things. Uh, we're going to have some new music. Mm-hmm. Been working on that. Uh, I'm going to have some new guests, some people I'm really excited about. Uh, as always, I'm really excited about every guest I have because I still can't believe that I actually get to talk to these people. But um, you just need to know that if you listen on a regular basis, somewhere around the first week of December, we're going to stop. It's actually it coincides with the beginning of Advent. And so I, I feel like that's a good time for me to lay down the mic and to begin to prepare for this, the arrival of Jesus and the change uh, that happened to the entire world that came at Advent. So all that to say, just keep an eye out on that. And also, I'm really happy because uh, a project I've been working on for some time is it's starting to see the light of day. So a new book, uh, my next book will come out in April, but it's already on Amazon and other fine book retailers. And you can find that for pre-order on Amazon if you would like. Uh, the book is called As I Recall. Discovering the Place of Memories in Our Spiritual Life. And it's something that I've been working on for quite some time. And so it's nice to see that, see the light of the day, uh, the light of day. So you'll get a chance if you would like to go pre-order that. I'll include a link in the notes to the show. But today I want to talk about uh, a trip I got to take back at the end of September, uh, near the end of September. Uh, I made friends with a man named John Robinson. Um at a conference in Wichita, Wichita, Kansas, called the Apprentice Institute Gathering or the the Apprentice Gathering. And it's, I've been there for the past seven years. Uh, it's a late fall conference. And so if you're looking for uh, a conference that focuses specifically on spiritual formation, uh, if you're, listen, if you're a church leader and um, you think about going to something like Catalyst or the Chick-fil-A Leader Cast, and part of you is like, oh, okay. Uh, that'd be all right. But if you heard there was a conference with James Brian Smith or 
back in the day, Dallas Willard or um, some sort of retreat. And you're like, see, that's more where I am. Um, that's what the apprentice gathering is. It's every year in Wichita. Um, so I would, I would recommend you just uh, take a look at apprentice gathering. Uh, look it up on Google and you'll find uh, the gathering coming up next year. But anyway, uh, at this event, I was able to meet a man named John Robinson. Uh, John and his wife, Anne, live in Melbourne, Australia. And John developed had developed something when I first met him called Lightstream. And Lightstream was a curriculum for Christian spiritual formation that he was inviting people to be a part of in Australia. And he was telling me stories about how uh, the language of, of Christian spiritual formation, even that idea, this idea of becoming like Jesus, this idea of uh, being formed into the image of Christ was still still taking shape and still very new in the churches in Australia. And maybe even, you know, you've been listening to this podcast and that language has been very new for you. Um, Ortberg talked about it in the last episode, and we've had several other people talk about formation. But for me, formation is simply learning to be like Jesus in the skin we're in. Um, it's taking everything about us. Everything is becoming. And Dallas Willard used to say all of us are in a process of spiritual formation. It's either we're being healthfully formed or we're being unhealthily formed. Everything we do forms us and shapes us. And so John had created this curriculum to help people in churches, uh, church leaders, followers of Jesus, to grow deeper in that language of spiritual formation. And so he had grown this program. And then over the last couple of years, it's actually become now a college and seminary program. And so about a year and a half ago, uh, John said, Casey, I would love for you to come down and teach as part of this program. And so that's what I got to do. I got to go to Sydney, Australia, and be a part of this week-long retreat in which I taught part, just pieces of the retreat. And the rest of the time, I got to meet some really incredible people. It was fantastic. I was, I was meeting all these folks from Australia. There was a lady there from Tasmania, uh, people from all over uh, the inhabited part of the country, which is a very small part of the country. Um, but I got to meet all these people. And so I'm, you know, you go to a different country, you're thinking, if you've never done this, especially if they have a strong accent, you're sort of listening with the accent filter on. And then I met this woman who actually is from Texas and has moved to Australia. So the accent thing completely threw me off. But it was a fantastic week spent at a retreat center uh, in Sydney. I got to spend some time in the city and ride around on the in the bay and uh, take a look at things like the Sydney Opera House and uh, just walked around the city for a whole day. And it was an incredibly enjoyable time, but I don't want to talk about that. This is not like a Rick Steves tourist podcast, although that would be fun. We could do that too. What this is all about today is about some things that I picked up while I was down there that I really feel like are important. And uh, I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I just wanted to hit them um, and bring, and just bring some of these things uh, up and, and implant them in your mind to think about as you go today, whatever you're going to end up doing uh, with your job or with your family, or if you're just hanging out today and you, you've got some time to focus and think on things. Um, here's what I want to, here's some of the things that came to mind for me that I thought were really, really important. Number one, um, Jesus is all about the kingdom and the kingdom is all about invitations. 
Jesus is all about the kingdom and the kingdom is all about invitations. Throughout the whole week, this language kept coming up of this invitation and not just invitation, but awareness of an invitation. And so the language of spiritual formation says that uh, the point of all of this is to learn how to live deeply in the kingdom of God as an apprentice of Jesus. Jesus didn't talk about anything else as much as he talked about kingdom. As a matter of fact, the only way to understand who Jesus was and is and why Jesus matters at all is to see everything he taught and said and did through the lens of kingdom. There's nothing Jesus did or said that existed apart from a concept that God has a reign and a rule, and under God's reign and rule, human beings flourish. Let me say that again, because I think that's really important. Jesus didn't say anything or do anything apart from this idea of kingdom. And for him, kingdom was the idea that God had this reign and rule that he was trying to bring to the world. And under that reign and rule, human beings flourish. This is the real nice, gentle corrective to the idea that whether it's, you know, it's only grace, whether it's only grace that brings us into God's goodness, or whether it's only works, or whether there's a little bit of both, Jesus actually said, it's actually both. And the privilege is that you're invited to live in both grace and works. That, that helps us through some of the contradictions that we hear, like, well, is it about faith? Is it about trusting God? Is it only about faith? You know, Paul says, justified by faith alone so that no one can boast. But then James says, the faith without works is dead. So what do we do with that? And we get into this like dualistic thinking. And I think Jesus would be standing on the side going, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? It's all about the kingdom. And in the kingdom, you come under the reign of God, and you do the things you do, not because you're trying to tick off any kind of list, because, but because that's what people who live in the kingdom do. It's part of it. The question isn't, <laughs> what are you doing and how did you get here? The question is, do you want to flourish? And so when I look at the teachings of Jesus, the one thing I notice is there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we could read as commands. Do this, don't do this do this, don't do this, come, go, do, be, forgive. And you can see those as like dad voice, like take out the garbage, mow the grass. But you see in the kingdom, Jesus knew that God being king was the best thing that could ever happen to a human being. Dallas Willard actually said that. He said, Jesus was, Jesus knew and was, was the smartest human being who'd ever lived and knew that his way was really the only way to true human flourishing. Because if there was another way, Jesus was so smart, he would have taken it too. If Jesus had known of another way to flourish in, under God, Jesus would have taken it too. And so when you listen to Jesus's teaching and he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, or he says, forgive as you've been forgiven, we can read those as commands. Oh, I gotta, I gotta do that. That's, that's a mandate. That's a to do. Or we could say, I see that as an invitation. Every time Jesus says something in what's called the imperative, the dad voice, it's not asking, it's telling. If we see that as an invitation, 
rather than a demand, it changes the way we see everything. Everything. And so when you look at Jesus, Jesus is always talking about kingdom, and kingdom is always about invitation. And so there's some things we're invited to do. We're invited to be aware, just to be aware of God's presence, to be aware of what God is doing, to be aware of how we're responding to things that are happening, to pay attention to creation, to pay attention to our bodies, to pay attention to our emotions. I've been seeing a lot of stuff lately about how faith and emotion are are on separate sides. Gosh, I really don't see how that's possible if God created us and wired us with emotions. Why would God give us something that we're supposed to get rid of? Instead, is it possible that he could, he could use that for our good or for our redemption? Jesus today, the teachings that he's giving you, whatever it is that's been, you know, maybe you read something this morning or maybe there's something that's been on your mind. Every teaching that Jesus is giving you and pressing to you right now, what if you saw that as an invitation? As an invitation, as a way to live more deeply in the kingdom of God as an apprentice of Jesus. Knowing that the point is not do this so that you can mark a box. But what if the point is do this because this is the way you flourish. This is the way to a more beautiful, bold, just, hopeful, graceful kind of life. What if forgive as you've been forgiven is an invitation to immerse ourselves in God's grace It's not a mechanism. It's not a lever we pull. It's not an A plus B equals C. What if it's Jesus saying, I want you to dive head first into the forgiving grace of God so that you are so saturated with it that as you've been forgiven, you can't help but forgive others. And it's not easy. There's a process to it. That's why there's an invitation. Because listen, without the kingdom without the reign of God providing for us, without us believing that this is the way to flourish, forgiving someone doesn't make any sense. Apart from the kingdom, most of Jesus's teachings make no sense whatsoever. Give as you have been given. Well, who's going to give to me? In a kingdom where there's no provision, where there's not a king who provides for you, who doesn't care about your flourishing, generosity makes no sense. In a kingdom where it's all just about going to heaven when we die, Jesus' teaching makes no sense. Unless it's about a kingdom that starts here and now and a quality of life in that kingdom that goes on forever and ever. There's nothing wrong with worrying about what's going on when we die. The problem is it's the hell we experience between now and then that really trips us up. So what would it look like for you today to accept not Jesus's commandments, but Jesus's invitations to live in the kingdom? So that's the first thing I noticed as we talked a lot about invitations and what God might be inviting us to do today. So maybe today um, God is inviting you to just pray in, in gratitude. Maybe there's something good that's been going on and you just haven't spent time flourishing through being grateful. Maybe there's just something that's been driving you crazy. There's some anger, some anguish, some bitterness, something deep, deep within. And you just need to, to lack of a better word, just vomit that out. Jesus is inviting you to do that. 
inviting you to be sad, inviting you to be angry, inviting you to be confused and frustrated. Maybe Jesus is just inviting you to rest today. You've been hard at work. You've been doing good, deep, holy things. You might hear my wife here in a second. She's talking on the phone upstairs. Maybe God has been inviting you to do some good, has been giving you some great work to do. And now he's saying, right now it's time for you to rest. So to get away for a while. Jesus invited his disciples to do that after a really heavy season. Get away with me and get a rest. And that was good for them. So Jesus talked a lot about kingdom and kingdom is all about invitation. The second thing I I learned was something very practical, which is this. Uh, In most of my conversations with the pastors and people on this retreat, they wanted to know, they asked, almost everybody asked the same questions. They asked about our politics and they asked about a situation that has happened recently in a local really large mega church. And I won't mention the name. And if you know it, that's fine. If not, that's fine too. But what that, what that helped me to understand was the world we live in today that you and I live in, we all, if we have any connection to social media whatsoever, and even if we don't, we all live in public. We live in public with our neighbors. We live in public with our friends. We live in public with the people we, uh, you know, the community, the church, the faith community we're a part of. We also live in public online. And so there's nothing we say or do that isn't magnified. I mean, I flew for almost 27 hours to the other side of the world. I flew up over the top of the globe, basically. I watched the little map on the plane. I got to the almost the opposite side of the globe. And the conversations were about things that were happening 45 minutes from me. How is that possible? It's because we all live in a very public space. And that's why I think Jesus was so smart, because most of the things he talks about, about our words... In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, if you say, and you call someone a fool, and the language there in the Hebrew is racha, and they they believe that was an insult, um, very much like clearing your throat to spit on someone. If you say and call your brother racha or fool, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Why would he say something like that? We get caught up in the whole hell part, but, but let's not for a second, because that is the best way to miss the point. Jesus says, if you insult and demean and dehumanize someone, you're not terribly far away from killing them. The root of that passage is about murder. But if you've ever been angry with your brother, you've already killed him in your heart. Why would he say something like that? Man, that seems really strict because Jesus understands we live our lives in public. Whatever we say and harbor about someone, it, it, decreases the distance between anger and murder, decreases the distance between thought, speech, and action. And I think the news lately has taught us, if it's taught us anything, words matter. And we, if you're a follower of Jesus today, it is a, it is a fantastic opportunity in front of us right now to model what it looks like to live well with our words. Because we live in public. And the whole world is watching and they're listening. 
your community, your neighborhood is watching and listening. Our families, our kids are watching and listening. I, I remember being in the store and um, probably the grocery store. And one of the rare moments where I'm actually grocery shopping, I'm, that's not something I'm terribly good at. I usually am great if I've got a very specific list, but if not, I'm definitely texting my wife at some point to be like, did you need, what did you need? And I remember seeing this dad just, just absolutely destroying his wife verbally and watching their, it couldn't have been any older than three little, little kids stand there and watch this happen. And I thought, what, what in the world, what is he going to grow up believing or knowing? What is he going to grow up believing is okay to do or to say to another human being? And that cycle just keeps going and going because the person yelling was probably yelled at themselves. This is a chance for you and I to accept an invitation from Jesus to live deeply in the kingdom. And one of the ways we do that is to say, what if God reigned in my words today? What if before I shared that article online that proved my political position, I actually went and researched it to see, is it right? Is there anyone who disagrees with it? Or what if I didn't do it at all? What if I learned to talk pretty, if you remember a couple episodes ago, and decided I didn't have to win? And see, that's the secret. This is the, this is the secret of the kingdom of God. If God is in charge, if God is reigning, none of us have to win. We just step into his invitation and we flourish. I don't have to win that online debate. I don't have to win that argument with my spouse or my friend or my neighbor. If God is providing for me, I can do whatever I need to do to live at peace with that person and to love them well. And so we ask ourselves, the words that I'm saying in public, are they loving? Are they for the best of that other person? And if not... I don't know that I need to say them. So two things so far. What I just talked about is we all live in public. We all, all of our words, everything is shared or shareable. It's out there. And you know what? The other thing is it doesn't go away. So we need to pay attention to that. And we, again, going back to the first thing, which is the big umbrella, Jesus talked about kingdom more than anything else. And those king, that kingdom conversation is always about invitation for us. And last but not least is this, the call of Jesus to live deeply in the kingdom of God as an apprentice of his is the most beautiful thing that we could ever talk about. And so understanding that God has invited us to be a part of his kingdom, understanding that the teachings of Jesus is the best way a human being could ever live. And I I would love to ask you that. Do you, do you feel like, do you believe the teachings of Jesus are the best thing is the best life a human being could ever live? And answer that honestly, because the only through answering that question, do we understand times such as when Jesus would let people not follow him. See, here's the wild thing that happens in the scriptures. So there, there are these people that come to Jesus and say, uh, I want to follow you, but I got to do this first. And Jesus says, no, you go do your thing. If that's more important then go. Now, how could he let them go? Because, you know, we talk about 
every moment is a moment where, you know, that person could be affected and eternity hangs in the balance. And yet there were these people that said, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to become one of your disciples. And he says, no, no, you're, you're not ready. Like, did he, how could Jesus let that opportunity pass by? The reason he could do that is because he knew they'd be back. And we don't get that. We don't get to see that happen, but he knew, he knew that formation into, into him following his teachings would be the best life a human being could ever live. I think we cheat ourselves by making the Christian faith only about going to heaven when we die because we miss the best part. It's like going to an incredible steakhouse, ordering the best cut of meat on the menu and just eating the parsley off the plate. Or just eating the baked potato. I love baked potatoes. Baked potatoes are good. There's nothing wrong with what happens after we die. But my goodness, there's this whole body of teaching and this whole big, beautiful life that Jesus has, has taught and promised. He's shown us how to be wise in the middle of the situations that we're all facing. We bury the lead if we don't talk to everyone we have ever known or ever will know about the opportunity to become like Jesus as the best thing that's ever happened to them. So again, I'm not against going to heaven when we die. Frankly, I don't, we don't know what's going to happen when we die. We have some ideas from the scriptures. We have some pictures and some images. But if you press to say, tell me the process, tell me what it's exactly going to look like, nobody knows that. But what we do know is this man named Jesus said, come be part of the kingdom. Immerse yourself in it. I invite you, no matter who you are, lepers, Samaritans, broken and bleeding people who have been cast to the outskirts of society, women come and be my disciples, tax collectors who are at the bottom rung, come and be with me. You're invited to the kingdom because this is where life is flourishing because all of you live a life that is lived in public in front of everyone. And so the only way that we flourish that way in that kind of life. The only way we live at peace with each other, the only way we live with loving God with everything we have and loving our neighbor as ourself at the center, the only way we do that is to know that being formed and shaped and transformed in the life that we have to look like Jesus. That's the only way. It's the only way of human flourishing. So those were some things I picked up I just watched these people um, who I got a chance to be with all week, and I got to hear them talk about flourishing. I got to hear them talk about how silence had just changed the way they thought about what they said, how fasting from their technology or from food had given them this sense of strength and shown them how wise it is to put it down every once in a while, how wise it is to know that even if we don't eat, God will sustain us. I had to be with some people who talked about how discernment, being able to just pause and think through what should I do next? What's the next right thing impacted deeply their families and their marriages and their ministries and everything that they did. All of those are pieces of the journey of being shaped and formed to be like Jesus, the wisest and smartest man to ever live. So the question today is, have you accepted that invitation? Maybe you're a part of a faith community. You've been You've been part of that for a long time, but have you accepted the invitation to live deeply in the kingdom as an apprentice of Jesus? 
learning to be like him, living as he would live if he were you. Second, have you, have you thought about the fact that your life is lived in public? We're in the, we're in the midterm elections right now, tomorrow uh, here in Illinois and all over the country is uh, election day and your politics are public. How are you making them public? How are you living in public? How are you living with other people? How are your conversations giving life rather than taking it away? How are your conversations showing the love of God and the love of neighbor more than anything else? How are your Facebook, social media posts, whatever, wherever you might post, how do your Instagram pictures reveal a God who is loving and inviting, a God who shapes us into the image of his son? And finally, have you explored the fact that this life of formation is the greatest thing that could ever happen to you? Because if not, this is a good opportunity to do it. So those are some things I learned. I hope that uh, is is helpful. Um, Might've felt like I was just rambling there, but I know there's probably some things in there that you needed to hear, some challenges that uh, were appropriate. So thank you for listening. If you're streaming, thanks. If you're listening on iTunes, if you've subscribed, thank you for that as well. If you haven't posted a review or a rating, I would love that. If you don't like the podcast, feel free to contact me and say, hey, uh, this stinks. You need more guests. You need more music. I would love for you to give things away, whatever. Um, I would love to hear your your feedback. So um, this season, season one, ends in December, uh, first week of December, and then we move into Advent. And so you can go celebrate with your families. Uh, light candles, read the stories, prepare for the change, the transformation of the world. When this Jesus who radically transformed everything comes and lives and breathes and moves among us, it's an amazing time. So until we talk again, friends, be well, live wisely. Peace. Peace.